us, land lovers. This here be the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This be an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. Now, this here be the main show episode where we give our further thoughts of the amazing Once Upon a Time episode we watched last Sunday. Now, if you called in or emailed in, you might be hearing your thoughts in the podcast. So keep a ruddy eye out for it. And now, let's take a closer look at all the Once Upon a Time treasure we found. Here is Captain and First Mate of the Once Upon a Time podcast. And now, Captain, permission to come aboard? Permission granted. Come aboard, all ye. Welcome aboard. Yes, welcome aboard. We have a new lamp. We do? Yes. Okay. They were on sale. Nice. It was a mauve Wednesday sale. Mauve Wednesday? Yeah, that's a color, isn't it? It's one of those newfangled colors. Welcome aboard, everyone. This is our main show. We will be discussing our uh, the newest episode of Once Upon a Time, the new Neverland. And that is exciting. We have some great thoughts. I have come up with some interesting things in the last day or two. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a few emails okay. and a few voicemails. So this, I think, will be a fairly short uh episode okay this is episode podcast episode 196 Mm -hmm. so you can find the information for the show notes for this in once upon a time podcast.com slash 196 and so let's go ahead and dive in all right let's do our little news thing i always Aye, it's time for some Once Upon a Time news. All right, uh, so the next episode in Once Upon a Time is called Going Home. Mm-hmm. There's already been a plethora of spoilers and pictures everywhere. Um, but after Going Home, we get a 12-week hiatus until March 9th. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Long time. But they did at least, at least for the little one-week hiatus thing, Right. Uh, they kept to their word. Mm-hmm. And, and I enjoyed that, that we had all those back-to-back-to-back-to-back pretty much yeah. episodes. Yeah. So um, anyway, we will have our first thoughts for going home, and then we will have a main show after that. We will have kind of sporadic uh, hiatus episodes here and there mm-hmm. but we'll take a bit of a break and uh, get into some other fun things along the way all right so our once or trivia question for this podcast episode is in the episode dreamy what did sneezy slash mr clark call walter or grumpy hmm in grannies he called him a name mm. so keep listening to the podcast for the answer unless you know you just already know <laughs> yeah. and then you're done and you can you can tweet that out if you like that'd be kind of fun say i'm listening to uh at com, and the answer to the trivia question is 
and then tweet the answer. Right. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive in a little further to this. Overall, I think we have the most musical bumpers I've ever heard. All right. Uh, so Alina has sent in an email. Thank you, Alina, for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and how is Peter Pan going to cast the curse? Don't you have to kill the thing you love the most? And uh, we see he doesn't love anyone but himself. So before we answer that, I'd like to play a voicemail from Kelsey, who kind of gives her thoughts on that uh -huh. and then we'll kind of talk about both okay. okay here we go hey jeff and colleen it's kelsey the person who writes your show notes um it's my first time calling i don't have a lot of time in between classes right now but i just wanted to say that you guys said there was a need for like when regina cast the curse she needs the heart of who she loves most or the things she loves most and then you said tan would need that too the only person that Pan really loves is himself, but if you take him out of the equation, the only person he loved or has loved and maybe does still love is Rumple. So maybe this is the way of tying together the boy will be our undoing because Pan is going to need Rumple's heart in order to cast the curse. Just a thought. I thought it was pretty brilliant myself. Um, thanks for everything you do. Thank you, Kelsey, Thanks, so Kelsey. much. Thank yes. you for the show notes, first of all, and thank you for this really cool yes. voicemail. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Wow, that is pretty interesting because, yeah, I mean, if you take himself out of the equation, like she said, what do you have left? Um, there is possibly some love for Rumple there, and if that's the case, that would be that would qualify him as the thing he loves most. But then. How would they you know, make that happen? That would I, be interesting. And if that is the case of how they do, you know, that boy would be his undoing, well, I don't know. Wow. So, so I think that what he loves the most is being young. Oh, maybe. And so if that's the case, then to, you know, he would have to either give that up or trade it for something else. I don't know. Well, and and the reality is, it's the thing you love right. most, not mm -hmm. necessarily a person. Yes, yes. And we always, you know, because Regina took her father's heart, mm -hmm. we assume it's a person all the time. But because it's the thing you love most, it could be anything. Could be Rumpel. Could it be. Could be something else like his youth. Correct. Or his power, or any mm -hmm. number of things. Right. His magic. Yes. You know, I mean, there's so many possibilities. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they have, um, if if there's a way for him to do it. Yes. So, again, I, so much to think oh, about and talk about. And yeah. um, thank you so much for that. Um, right. And to Alina for the uh, email. Yes, yes. Asking me thank the you same so much. question. Because mm -hmm. you're right. I think that is the major question right now. So... If he needs to kill the thing you love most, 
then what is that going to be? Because right. again, we don't see him loving anyone but himself, unless Felix is it. Now, the one wrinkle I will say is this, and and I remember what Rumpel said is this curse is different because right. charming and the the product of true love is not involved in it. Right. So my question is. What was the steps involved in the initial dark curse? It, it almost seemed like like the the curse on the scroll that the evil queen had was a starter base. It was a base right. for the dark curse. But then <clears throat> Rumpel put in the... He said he wove it into it. Right. So, so how do you do that? Right. And that's, that's what I'm wondering. Can he do that from a distance? Correct. Does he have to be touching that scroll? Can he do? Can he, you know, somehow infuse that into it? And does he have any left to infuse in there? I, and if he yeah. can't do that, can he get the product of something else? True. And I remember also that initially she was putting in hairs and hearts and all these different things. We don't know all the things that she put in, but for sure we knew she put in the heart of her father. Right. So I don't know what all is involved in this curse casting. Correct. So Correct. anyway, I mean, having the curse is one thing, but there's more to it than that. And question would be, can, does Peter Pan know how to enact it? That's Just reading the curse won't mm-hmm. do what he's expecting. There's gotta be more to it than that. Cause that was what was involved with Regina. So there, does he know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it seems like he would because he seems to know a lot about a lot of stuff that you wouldn't expect him to know about. Yep. But my question would be, okay, so if if Emma was the savior for this and she was the product of true love, would putting in something about Henry allow Henry to be the savior this time? Hmm. Because Henry's the yeah. product of the product of true love right. and the product of I don't know what. I'm I'm just glad because we will talk kind of in depth about what we think about this dark curse, what it's going to do, what are the different right. sections of it. Right. But it is nice that we really don't know yeah. what what is because I'm I'm glad they included that line in there where Rumpel said, "Well, this is different. We know it's a dark curse, curse, but this is not. He didn't have his hand in this one, and so that's no. why he's he's like, look, man." Uh, you know, this could be a lot of different things. I'm really out of my element here. Well, then the question I have too is he asked her why she would keep it in there. And I'm going, why would she keep it at all? She'd already enacted it. What was she going to do next? Reenact it? mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Why would you need to keep it around? Why wouldn't, why not destroy it? Is it something you can destroy? I think it was a victor spoil. I think it was a victor spoil. And I think it was, uh, you know, I I keep this. I, I think that whole hold of the revenge thing is wearing off. And I think if she, you know, you keep dumb things, mm-hmm. you, you keep maybe a letter from an old flame or a thing that meant something to you. But I mean, if you could throw things away now, you probably would throw a lot of things away because yeah. things mean different things yeah. now. And so yeah. anyway, I, I think that's what he was trying to say is, you're still keeping this and you're keeping it here. I mean, right. anyway, so. Well, yeah. and the other thing too is that, you know, you have to ask yourself, does Regina know she could have reenacted it? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's one of those things you just kind of go, okay, all right. Uh, before we get to uh, Mai's really cool email, so mm-hmm. many great things yep. I was reading through, and I went off in a lot of really different directions with some uh, responses and things. I want to talk about some connections that I noticed in the episode. The one was, uh, and I think I may have mentioned this in First Thoughts, is when uh, Regina was tucking in Henry. Yeah. Obviously, it was the same bed where she said initially in season two, you know, I won't use magic. Or, or mm-hmm. no, no, no. She was trying to convince him that magic was good. Right. And now she was saying magic is not the answer. Right. Then the other connection I saw was that uh, when Pan was looking out the window, it reminded me a lot of when Henry looked out the window when the clock started to move in season one. Yep. So, again, that's another callback call and, and connection to that. Yep. So uh, I did want to... Uh, I did want to mention that. I also wanted to mention that Bell, you know, and, and I, we've said this before. It, Bell is the balancing factor mm-hmm. for Rumple. Yep. Because when Rumple started to mouth off in front of his shop, you know, wear clothes, you know, da da da, and she goes, "Rumple," and it was really neat. Yeah, it's a relationship, which is right. fantastic. Yes, and so we see that um, it's. It's beyond the romantic love thing. It's this, you know, uh, they're working off each other's rough edges. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. it's it's really it's really neat to see. And um, so anyway, I, I wanted to bring those those things up. So let's read Mai's uh, email. And this is not all of her email. I'm going to post all of it in the show notes. But uh, uh, really some cool stuff. Uh, she talks about Ariel and Eric. She says, uh, Ariel and Eric were perfect, and I seriously wanted to see more of them. Plus, Emma needs some gal pals, and I have this weird feeling that Ariel would be perfect for that. And I was thinking the last time we did see like a girl's night out, it yeah. was uh, it was snow. Uh, Emma didn't want to stay, right. but she was around. Yeah. And then it was Ella and Ruby right in this girls night out yeah. thing and uh so anyway um you know girls need their gals pals and so that's good yep uh also the curse made eric a fisherman someone who cuts fish for a living they could have given him any other job uh, but they made him a fisherman i guess it makes somewhat sense he was a prince who wanted to venture out on the seas to other realms and my thought here is, you know, the worldwide adventurous ventures were changed to jobs to catch fish and return. So mm-hmm. it was almost locking him in. Yeah. So it was a very uh, sad yeah. trade because that's all he wanted to do. He wanted to go see Agrabah. He wanted to sail around, see the yeah. world. Yeah. And because of the curse, he can't. He can see a little bit mm. and he has to come back. Mm. And so uh, also... You know, like she said, the cutting of the fish and, and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Also, coming from a kingdom that celebrated Ursula, uh, he got to be by the sea. And I totally agree. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what I was saying. Maybe yeah. not sailing on it, uh, but it was still part of him like it was back in the Enchanted Forest. Uh, she thought it was pretty funny that anyway. Yeah. yeah. That whole thing. Uh, so. 
this is big. Uh, Emma, the love trial, the love trial. Whew. Maybe it was a love trial. <laughs> the love triangle, the date, and snow. So uh, Neil slash snow, the date. As much as I loved the last episode, I was seriously annoyed with Neil. Um, this episode, it's the Emma thing. He goes back to being Neil instead of being Neil Fire when he's around her. Neil, you were deeply in love with your fiance a week ago, confirmed by Adam and Eddie. And then you found out how she she was evil a few days later. And I think she's referring to how she wanted him. She wished he was dead. No, 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 no. Uh, She's referring to the fact that remember, they were only on Neverland for about a week. Mm -hmm. She's referring to the fact that his fiance Tamara. All right. okay, got it. And then he found out she was evil. And then a few days later, like two days Emma tells, you know, you wish you were dead and you think it's okay to ask her out. Got it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, I mean, here he's, here he's, you know, totally and deeply in love with Tamara, mm-hmm. finds out she's evil. Then he tells Emma he never stopped loving her. Wait a second. You all were right, in love with Tamara. It. And now all of a sudden you're like ready to pursue Emma again after she says she wishes you were dead. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, a, a crazy thing. So. Got it. Okay. So uh, my thought is that uh, Neil's pursuing ways uh, wakes up when there's another suitor around. So it, it all goes back to junior high. Oh yeah. And when when there's no when there's no other pursuer, you kind of go ah, doesn't really well, matter. Yeah, it's like that uh, whole thing of well, wait a second. I don't necessarily want this person, but you know what? I don't want anybody else having this right, person either. Right. I want this one in the back pocket in case I did, can't find anything better. It's kind of that's that's the attitude that I think, unfortunately, a lot of people have. Uh, so and it seems kind of what's going on with Neil. The rest of my idea here was he was cool and gave her up, gave her room before. Um, but now that he's being observed, he's got to try harder to win her over. Yeah, so. it was kind of an odd duck kind of a thing where it was like, wait, you're asking her out mm-hmm. after you she told you she needs room and space and time, and you think that that's going to win her over? Right. Yeah, that is a little crazy. And uh, so, so yeah, I mean, okay. So when there when there's more than one, there's always this kind of tension and sure. and, and guys start to come in to <laughs> it's me it's me and all that okay so let's talk about snow uh this is from my email snow dude i love you but stop with the pushing emma towards neil it's not helping your case and all you are doing is pushing emma away i'm pretty sure snow's opinion of neil will change when she learns about the jail thing but right now she's stressing me out i get it for snow white first love equals true love but for her daughter it's vastly different. Her first love is memories of two years alone in Tallahassee being betrayed by the one person she trusted. Jail time, giving birth in jail, and having to give up her son, etc. Everyone keeps pushing Emma to be with Neil, but um, did anyone think it might not be what she wants? Uh, while everyone else is thinking about Neil, Emma, uh, when everyone else is thinking about Neil, Emma is thinking more about Hook. So this is my idea, and I think a lot of what Adam and Eddie do in mm-hmm. the underlying parts of the show are show different points of view that are in real life. 
Sure, they mirror real life because that's what we're all familiar with. And I'm I'm going to kind of wander out on thin ice here, but uh, some parents nudge their kids to what is right. And that usually means, in this case, the father of the child. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Uh, will Emma be happy in that relationship? Maybe, maybe not. But to some parents, that doesn't matter because it's right. Right. Okay. Uh, will Hook make a good stepfather? Is Hook the best choice for Henry? Hook really seemed to care for Balefire, which uh, in this case makes things much more painful for Emma and Hook. I mean, just think, you've got it's all a- the different parts of this thing. Whichever way it goes, it's going to cause somebody some pain. Right. Right. And that's the tough part. That is the really tough part because, again, you know, Hook and Bay had a really good relationship at one point in time until Bay realized, wait a second, what are you doing here? And then he, that's when he left. Where, um, you know, Neil and Emma have had their relationship. They have a son together. So, I mean, it, it makes it tough because, again, Emma kind of is somewhat interested from all appearances in hook, but she still loves Neil, mm-hmm. but she's irritated with Neil because, you know, she's still remembering what he did to her right or wrong. Right. He left her. He abandoned her right. when she needed him most. And then hook is, He's this pirate, but then he's also buddies with Neil, which, I mean, you know, there's got to be, it's just, it's a difficult triangle at best. Uh, my my thoughts, I'll continue here. Being a good friend of a father of a single mom's child and pursuing that single mom, it must break some kind of dude code somewhere. But love doesn't listen to the dude code sometimes. Uh, either... Either choice Emma makes in this scenario will be painful because neither gent will be going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Will Hook be good for Emma? Single moms single moms have a lot to think about. Yes, the needs and well being of the child, but what about the compa- the companionship of the mom? Uh Hook might be good for Emma. He isn't perfect, but who is? Right. So I you know, I mean, it, it is a long shot. It's interesting that she said she never quit, quit loving Neil. Right. But she never has said she loves Hook. She's interested in him. She kissed him. Right. I'm quite sure she's enamored by him. Sure. But, you know, we see that Hook can't handle being kind of pushed away. And even though he said, I'm backing off, mm-hmm. he he went straight back to the rum Right. And then he straight on hit on Tink, right? Which it sounds like there was some past there as well, possibly you know, because Quite she possibly. knew exactly what he was talking about. Oh, and yeah. she goes, "No, no, no! I still have my dignity. I know exactly what you're talking about." Right, right. So he he blew it, and I'm not saying, like I said, guys act weird when they're pushed away. Right. And there's another guy involved and they're still around, Uh, you know. So anyway, but um, that would be one of the reasons why they say don't start up an office romance is when you have to see that person that you're, you know, if a failed romance happens, don't you have to see them every day. It makes it tough. And this is 
I know it's not the exact same situation, but it's similar. You have to see the person that is pursuing the person you're interested in and that there is a deeper bond with that person. So, I mean, it's got to be tough. It's got to be. It, there's there's nothing easy about this at all. Because, I mean, wh- what I said is true. I mean, single moms, when they think about decisions normally, they think about what's good for my son, daughter, children, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Normally, the, the kind of rule is you don't introduce the kids to somebody you're just dating right, casually. Right. Unless it really gets serious. Yeah, yeah. But the truth is... They're part of the equation too. They get lonely, and uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Look, it's one thing to say I'm thinking about my children or child. Right. It's another thing to say I'm lonely. Right. When you get lonely, you make uh, sometimes uneducated decisions. Decisions, yeah. And you don't think about all sides. Right. And it's tough. You yeah. don't know. I mean, you know, being married to the father of the child is tough enough because they could be anything, but you go, well, I'm married to the father of my children. But, you know, then you marry somebody who's not the father. Right. They could be better in some areas, but worse in others. It's a, it's a tough thing. So anyway, it's real uh, life. It is. All right. uh, I will continue with my email. Did you notice that while hook was at granny's at the end of Emma's date with Neil, Emma was at the docks avoiding it. Very yeah. good point. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, however, uh, I my thoughts uh, on this are this. Emma went to a similar place when she went to sp- spend time with Henry at his castle near the bay. Right. Even if it was Pan slash Henry, um, she misses him. And even though she knows that he needs to spend time with Regina, she is confused by the love triangle and the pressure from snow drove her to the bay to not have to face the choice uh, that could be the wrong choice for her and Henry at this point. I imagine being near ships wasn't a mistake either. So, Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Hook's in there with Neil. Right, yep. Watching this whole thing unfold. And she's at the bay where she used to spend time with Henry. Yep. Um, kind of like their little secret place, yep. even though Regina yep. tore down the castle. And yeah, it is near you know the water. I mean, it it probably wasn't the best choice, but that is. I mean, I mean, I get why she went there because obviously being near the ships and stuff would remind her of Hook. Yeah, she wanted to get away. One. Yeah. And she was kind of used to that spot. Now I don't think that was exactly where Neil. Uh, I'm sorry. Henry's castle was no, no, no. It but was it close. probably re- she probably was used to going there that in that type of area. Um, my thoughts on Hook are here. Uh, Hook's intentions are noble to some, but some may view his in this for the long haul, backing off and observing from afar as stalkerish. Mm, yeah. But I think he wants to give Emma all the time she needs. To make up her mind, and if she allows it, he can win her heart for good. Unfortunately, Hook doesn't believe in himself and falls to the rum in the arms of someone he probably had some kind of pass with to cover up the hurt of Emma's other suitor. And it really, he could have almost swerved out of it, but when right. Emma looked at them both, oh, were you two 
she said, uh, Tink said no. And he goes, maybe. Right. And that's the, that's <laughs> again, there you have, there you so, have more junior high, right. um, behavior where it's, um, well, if you're not going to be with me, if you're not, not going to choose me, then I'm going to go look for somebody else in the meantime, in the temporary, you know, whatever. And, and, and oh, does it make you jealous? Cause you know, sure. that, that's, that's good if it does. And that's, you know, that's not the case. That's absolutely not the case. Although, Emma did seem like she was a little bit jealous. Yeah. Or a little bit surprised. So see, here, here's the funny thing. Hook's in it for the long haul and he's backing off. And in, inadvertently, he may have pushed her more towards Neil. Yep. By pursuing Tink even temporarily. I wanted to... But what amazes me... Wait. What amazes me about that is Emma immediately went to a liaison kind of a relationship between those two instead of friends. They were on... They knew each other from Neverland. Why would she assume that they were having some some sort of little on the side why would she assume that instead of just thinking that they were hanging out because they're familiar with each other and they don't hook does hook know too many other people in, in the town i mean they're yeah, both kind of outcasts point. so i mean why would emma assume that mm-hmm. so that to me says emma does kind of want to be with him but and she's going to view anybody else as being you know a threat which Tink theoretically should not have been a threat for her she shouldn't have assumed that so that's well, that, an interesting Aside, And that's another thing I wanted to talk about is now we've got, you know, for lack of a better term, the actually the four groups together now in Storybrooke. You've got the Lost Boys. Yep. You've got the Darlings. You've got um, the folks that were in the rescue party. Yep. And Henry. Mm-hmm. And the Storybrooke folks. Yeah. So you've got all of them together now. Well, we're missing the Enchanted Forest folks. Yeah. There's okay. still a few in Enchanted Forest. Right, true. Aurora, Mulan, uh, Philip. And, and the Robin Hood. Robin Hood, uh, Merry Men, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we don't know who else. Trolls and Ogres and things like that. Coming maybe for Aurora and Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, but what, what, I was, what I was thinking about is the last time Hook was in Storybrooke, he was with Cora. And he wanted to kill Rumple, so yeah. now we've removed that out, and so now he's pursuing Emma. Right. And Neil, the last time he was in Storybrooke, was with Tamara. Yeah. So now that's removed. Right. And he's pursuing Emma, so that's his only real goal. Right. Um, but what's interesting is Regina has always kind of been on the outs. She's never really been understood. She's been feared. People haven't liked her. There was a mob at one point after the curse was broken to go kill her. Right. And now she is learned to be a part of this group. And she has the love of Henry. I mean, rekindle, you know know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's different now. In the first season, he didn't want anything to do with her. He said his life sucked and all this kind of stuff. Season two was kind of iffy here and there, but I think now he's okay. He's fine with Regina and all that. Um, but uh, Emma is, I think, if Henry goes to basically stay with Regina more and sh- and Emma lets him kind of reconnect with her, Emma could go anywhere. 
Emma could choose hook and take off. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's no time. Henry's fine. The Storybrooke obviously doesn't need a sheriff now. You know what I mean? So that gives Emma freedom to do whatever she wants. She yeah. could go to Neil and be in New York. I don't think that would be as interesting. But anyway, I was just thinking about the differences in the people now that they're back and the changes and that kind of a thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's jump into our... Oh, wait a minute. Let's see. Nope. Oh. Okay. Uh, so this is from Brad. Mm-hmm. He has his list of what I learned uh, and other thoughts. So uh, greetings, Jeff and Colleen. Here are things I learned from the episode, The New Neverland. Number one, Felix needs a serious haircut. I agree. <laughs> and probably a little facial work. Probably. Yeah. Number two, even Hook knows he is devilishly handsome. He, and and Brad should have included besides Colleen because she she knows. Oh yeah, I'm no. not the only one too. By the way, <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, Granny's doesn't serve rum. True, just That's ale. True. Yeah, remember that sign in the back? It said ale two oh. for one or something like that. A uh, number of shows ago. Number four, the Charming's Castle has thin masonry. Well, <laughs> maybe there is a. Which is hilarious because actually um, masonry is stone. Stone's not exactly. Oh no no! Gr- Grumpy was joking. Though. I know. I know. I think Grumpy may have drilled a hole to listen through. <laughs> uh, number five. David is not romantically interested in Hook. All right, uh, but he probably does still think he's devilishly handsome. Oh, because so. who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. The the. You know, the more you get it, it, I mean, the one thing about they always said about Lost, and I just lost a couple of listeners right there. Hold on, is that they said it was the best looking group of people they've ever seen in their life. Oh yeah, on this island. Yeah. And if you think about all these people in this cast, they're good looking people, right? You know, and it's like, wow, they're yeah. wonderful looking people. Yeah, devilishly handsome. Devilishly handsome, yes. All right, number six. uh, The shadow now has a female companion. Yes, that's right. The uh, blue fairy. Right. Yeah. But I don't know if they do have sexes in the shadow realm. Genders, you mean? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Uh, All right, number seven. Granny's Diner is not the ideal place to make a baby. No. (laughs) <laughs> or to care for a baby, I guess, maybe. He's referring to Snow and Charming. You're right. Okay. Yep. Well, and it's funny because he said that, uh, well, I'm not saying right now. Um, and that reminded me of Snow in season one telling uh, Dr. Whale, well, not all at once. It's funny, you know, the, these kind of um, echoey lines. Um, same type yeah. of things, same by different people. All right, number eight. Prince Charming once had a heart of stone. Yeah, true. He did. He did. He did not have a heart of glass, though. No, but I would imagine if, if there was a huge problem. No, they turned to stone. It, it's weird. This season, people have turned to stone and wood and <laughs> all kinds of... No gold yeah. this time. 
No. No, not this season. Because remember... Uh, Frederick. Yeah, Frederick. Yeah. All right. Number nine. Killian's hook can stifle a sneeze. And that is... <laughs> and that's probably in the little, you know, also can stifle sneezes. Poking a coconut, you know, light a fire with a flint. Hooks are wonderful. They can do all kinds of things. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, number 10, cutting off a creature's head is a fun activity for newlywed couples to do together. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> that could be mythical a great creature, travel. By the way. Oh, yes. Immortal. Immortal mythical creature. That's you know, like, you know. Story. Yeah. Uh, fairy tale land travel agency. Exactly. Honeymoon adventure package. Yep. You know. Yep. For the couple who likes to get it down and dirty with um, adventure. And almost die. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, marriage can kill you. Just kidding. You know, whatever. Yeah, I don't so, know if I'd go there. but All right. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, I kind of, I, I liked what Maleficent said about her honeymoon. I don't think she's suffering. Little <laughs> did she know the, 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 the husband is suffering. He was stoned there for a minute. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, and, and, you know, it was interesting to, to put those two together is the discussion with, um, because she went straight over, uh, Regina went over to Maleficent to get the, get the curse. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then she showed up on the on the uh, shield. Mm-hmm. Ha <laughs> ha! Gotcha. <laughs> what are you doing there? <laughs> All right. Uh, so Brad also has some uh, other thoughts to share as well. Since Rumpelstiltskin was able to get out of Pandora's box so easily, I don't believe the undoing of the seer spoke of has happened yet. Uh, now that Pan has taken over Henry's body, he may very well be the boy that is his undoing. We've heard many times that this that these visions of the future are not what they seem. That's true. Yeah. It was very uh, that's very Yoda like, you know, the this future visions are uncertain, you know. Well, so there's sure, always this kind because, of mystery. And you know? again, it's all in how you interpret what is said because there are frequently double meanings. And again, I mean, yeah, there's a possibility we still haven't seen what the, you know, the future is supposed to be for him. However, if you look at the fact that he, um, he did allow himself to get trapped in the box. I mean, that looked like it was his undoing, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, the story that Panry was reading in the diner was The Golden Bird. We have seen this story show up multiple times in the show, and it seems to be one of their fallback stories. Whenever the book is randomly opened, I don't know if we'll ever, if it will ever play a part in the show. I just thought it was interesting to see it again. Have a great podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brad. Mr. Brad. And we will play... Um, play this voicemail here. Ahoy, mates. This is Brad calling in, asking for permission to come aboard. Well, it looks like the Jolly Roger has docked back into Storybrooke after an exciting adventure in Neverland. It was great to see everyone in Storybrooke together again, and it really took me back to the first season, because it's been a while since they have all been in one place without being trapped in another land. 
And did you see the excitement on Grumpy's face? You better check that name on your ex again, Leroy. And was not Granny's the place to be? Man, that place was happening. And everyone seemed to be getting along. Not one fist fight, yelling match, or heart was ripped out. Regina did snap at Emma, but she treated the situation like, are we really going to do this again, Regina? I've never been so excited to be back in Storybrooke as I was in this episode. Even though there were so many people missing, such as Dr. Whale, Marco, Pinocchio, Anton, Dr. Hopper, and so on. I keep thinking how amazing it would be to have all of them in a single episode. Ah! Maybe one day. When Regina was standing by herself, like she has done in the past, I was really getting irritated, because I thought, did everything they just went through mean nothing? I thought that they had all grown as characters enough that Regina wouldn't be left by herself again. But Snow stepped up, of all people, and said, and we couldn't have done it without Regina. This really needed to happen, because Regina has worked so hard to try and redeem herself, and now the town is finally starting to recognize her efforts. If the old curse is cast, anything could happen. I definitely do not want everybody in different lands, because we just got finished with nine episodes of that. It could be interesting, though, to have a storybook that is run by Pan and Felix. If they do lose their memories, it wouldn't be as compelling as the first curse, because half the fun was trying to figure out who they really were. On the other hand, a cursed Rumpelstiltskin, Regina, and Hook that have no recollection of who they are could be entertaining. If Belle could be Lacey, who was a complete opposite of who she actually was, who knows what other personalities the others could have. I wouldn't like it if the whole rest of the season was like this, but it would be fun to see for maybe a few episodes at least. And who would have thought that Rumpelstiltskin, the Evil Queen, and Captain Hook would be put into the hero category when this show began? With great villains being redeemed, this opens up the possibilities for new characters who are just as evil as Pan to show up. I can't wait to see who the new villains are and what direction the show will go into next. We are in for an exciting episode next week, and I'm sure we'll be dying, just like Blue, with anticipation as the credits roll. Here's hoping for a phenomenal winter finale. Take care, guys. Thank you Thanks. so much, Mr. Brad. Yes. And uh, always great uh, voicemails from you. And, uh, yeah, I, a lot of interesting points. We will be diving into our thoughts about what the dark curse might do mm-hmm. and what it might mean. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, yeah, you're right. It was uh, it was exciting to see everybody get off the ship and be together and cheer and, and all this. I mean, it's to hear Grumpy laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen to the sh- listen to the show again when you yeah. watch it. Yeah. To hear Grumpy like saying, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is just <laughs> not Grumpy. You know, yeah, check the axe again. What what the heck? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. But uh, it it is, you know, whenever you, whenever you watch any Once Upon a Time episode and you have a... Wow, that was great. Just wait two seconds. Just right. just wait a little right. bit, and it's something bad is coming. Yeah, because that's drama. It's so just, that's drama, and that's, that's what Emmy even said. She yeah. goes, "I still can't, you know, shake this feeling that something bad's about to happen, and I need to stop it." And uh-huh. interestingly enough, based on what Rumpel said, she's not going to be able to stop this one. But here's the funny thing: actually, she she will have her. Uh, she'll know exactly who she is. So will Neil. And so will Henry. Yeah. The real Henry. 
because they're not in, they would not be impacted by the curse or would they because now they're in this land you know what i mean yeah so that's going to be real interesting to kind of see how this all plays out if they in fact do allow the curse to be enacted I I did want to say this one thing is one of my uh, my Dr. Phil moments is I was thinking about this because, you know, we, we both know a lot of people and uh, sometimes people look for the bad or expect the bad. Yeah. Bad moments in life. And when those happen, they go, see, I knew it. Mm-hmm. When you know it, when you expect it, it happens. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, what Charming was trying to say is you revel in the good moments. You, you highlight those and you, you look for those and you hope for those. And when they happen, you just rejoice in those. You're happy about that. Right. But you're not looking for the bad because the bad will always happen. It's just part of life right but if that's all you look for sometimes that's how thing all things will stack up for you and when you're looking for the bad you'll miss the good moments and you'll find a way to say those are bad too so then your whole life is bad filled with bad moments and and i just um i don't want to live like that i won't and i i I want to look for the good moments and be happy with the good moments and see them exactly for what they are. And uh, so that's my Dr. Phil moment for you. All right. uh, So I did want to end up and talk about the, uh, the curse. Okay. I'm putting you to sleep. No. All right. uh, So the dark curse. So, so let's talk about this. Number one, possibly he can't do it. Right. Okay. He's missing well, number some one, pieces. Possibly he can't do it because we did see smoke and stuff when Regina tried right. with the heart of the steed. Sure. It didn't work. Right. So she went back to Rumpel and said, What am I missing? Uh, and he said, The heart of what you really. The thing you love most. Lost. So, uh, so number two is. It could be exactly like season one. I don't think it's going to be that. No. But that's at least out on the table. Right. Okay. And remember, in our world, magic is unpredictable. Right. So the fact is, even if he could enact the curse, doesn't mean it will have the exact same effect. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, So number three is it could be Neverland-ish. Okay. Meaning... That it's like Neverland, where everyone is under a spell, like the pan flute. Hmm. And so, kind of like the way it was in Neverland. And everyone's in this dancey spell. And everyone is, it's like a cult. And they're kind of re- rewording all the things. It was like, uh, you know, no, this person's bad. This person's evil. Because Pan or Felix or the other people say so. Nobody ever really spoke up except when Emma talked to him. You, you realize that? I mean, th- there was that, that one kid that told Regina or Emma, um, got his, just not, not that many lost boys talked or, or you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
So Felix was the mouthpiece. Yes. Yeah. For the Lost Boys, except for when those two kids spilled the beans of where Pan was. But also the the kid that was cut by Henry. Right. And then he was caught and uh, right. with and the boar he, and right, all that. Right. Right. Yep. Right. Right. Uh, so, but this was interesting. I, I had this thought today. Since Gold and Regina have a bit of lead time, will they create a dome spell to protect them from the curse? Act like they aren't affected once the curse has been enacted, and outwit Pan that way. It'd be interesting because we we've all said that before. It's that. Yeah. Um, remember, we kept thinking that Henry was kind of tricked and he, he was trying to fool pan and act yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh yeah i believe you yeah, yeah. oh yeah i'm a lost but i'm just like you yeah um but so that's another one uh the last one i got i mean we could keep going forever but the last one i got is will felix be pan's undoing and you and i were talking about this this morning is that felix to me is very one-dimensional and that's bad that's really bad. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I want to learn the rest of Felix's story, where he came yeah. from, what's his past, what's his father like, what's his connection to Pan. Because I think at some point Felix will turn on Pan and say, you have everything. You always think about you. I and the rest of these Lost Boys have nothing. We just... We just are on your coattails, and that's not right. Yeah. And I want what you have, or even just a little bit of of people that love you, people that care about you. Look, I mean, you're in somebody else's body, and look at how people treat you. You know, you have moms that love you. You have all this family and all this. I want what you have, and I think he may, in the end, blow up pan's plan yeah and fix it it's possible and say you know uh whatever so anyway that's that's my thought about that well we do have some shapeshifters so there's nothing that says that you know regina or rumple can't basically appear to pan to henry penry as um felix and uh figure out what's going on and then uh foil the plans so we have at least four instances of, I'm going to say, shape-shifty-y things happening. Right. Rumpel was fooled by the vision yeah. of Belle. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Regina was fooled by Henry, who was Cora. Right. Regina was fooled by Henry, who was Pan. Yep. Regina, no. Snow was fooled by Blue Fairy, who was Cora. Cora. Yeah. So we've seen a number and if and then if you count uh uh Jefferson fooled by the old hag who was Regina mm-hmm. in the marketplace. Yeah. So we've seen a couple of them. Right. So it is possible. I All mean right. and and uh uh Cora when she was um Lancelot, Lancelot, and Archie, and Mm -hmm. I mean, so we've seen this where people are not who they appear to be. So there's entirely a real, a very real possibility that one of the, you know, heroes, um, Regina Rumpel, I don't know who else would know how to do that, would be able to actually uh, tink, 
if Tink can believe in herself and get her fairy wings back, she could turn around. I don't know if she can shapeshift or not, but... Yeah. And I'm just saying it they now. They could easily... I, yeah. I mean, there's so many... Oh, my gosh. The possibilities are almost endless of what they could do. And, you know, looking at the preview, which I know weren't, you know, the sneak peek for next week right. that they show at the end, it's going to be real interesting because, again, I know that that, all, that is never exactly what you think it is. Right. So it'll be real interesting to see how this all plays itself out. All right. So we're coming in for a landing here. I do want to give you the answer to the once or trivia question. In the episode Dreamy, what did Sneezy slash Mr. Clark call Walter slash Grumpy? He called him a a ray of sunshine. (laughs) That's what he called him at Granny's. All right. Uh, So just to let you know that... Uh, the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast Holiday Special 2013 is finished mixing, and we will be releasing it soon. And uh, so be on the lookout for that. I'll probably release it today because I want to get it out there. I was going to wait, but... Ah. So anyway, enjoy that. That's a fun thing that we did for the holidays uh, for you guys. So I hope you uh, enjoy that. So... If you're going to be doing any holiday shopping, please use our Amazon link. You get what you want, and we get a small percentage. It's onceuponatimepodcast.com slash Amazon. And we're also on iTunes, so if you have a five-star rating handy, you can head over to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. We really appreciate that. It helps us to be seen. Please tweet while you listen. We really appreciate that, and it gets the word out, and it works. It does work. <laughs> yep. People see that, and they go, oh, what's that? What are you listening to? Oh, I'm just like you, because normally people that follow you are just like you. So if you're interested in Once Upon a Time and listening to our podcast, other people on your following list will see that and do the same thing. Thanks for those who are mentioning us in forums and on Facebook and Twitter. We thank you for that. I want to send big love out to everybody uh, and uh, take what you need and pass that on. That's what big love is all about. Uh, So, again, happy holidays. And you're going to hear that a lot in the holiday special. But we want to wish you that. And uh, hang in there with the hiatus. We'll be doing some little things here and there. Thanks for listening. However you listened. And we are out. Bye. See you guys. Well, mates, thank you for joining us for the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This be a Roni's own media production. We want to hear from you. Our website be onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our email be feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com Our voicemail line be 657-333-0626 So tell other oncers that this be the place to be. Until we sail again, big love to you all and we'll see you later. With me, good eye of course. <laughs>